Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. I'm Trevor Lane from LakersNation.com. Joining me, as always, we've got Keith Smith from Real GM, Yahoo, Celtics blog, all over the place. And today, we're going to be talking a little bit about some news and notes around the NBA and then get into some hypothetical trades. Some of them you guys have sent in. Some of them we've come up with. We're going to dig in to some potential deals that we could see go down. We don't know. We're just playing around and having some fun with the trade machine. But first, before we dive into all of that, we have to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is Theragun. Theragun is one of my very, very favorite products, something that I certainly need right now as I'm trying, mostly failing, but trying to get back in shape. Uh, the Theragun is getting me through all of my soreness. And what you want to do with the Theragun is make sure that if you are an elite athlete or someone like me who likes to think they're an elite athlete, you need the Theragun. It can help you get through your day. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. Doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat muscle tension from working out like I do or just injury or the stress of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and of course, me. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash office right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash office, theragun.com slash office. All right, Keith, we've got some news and notes to get into from around the NBA. We have a few players, a few pretty big names that have been told to go home. What is happening? Oops, Keith, you're muted. I am muted. There we go. <laughs> there we go. How's that? That's good. That's all right. <laughs> Man, it, it, this is like our lost episode from last <laughs> week to iTunes. That was uh, the, the single greatest episode we will ever do. That's right. Uh, you got to go to YouTube now if you want to see it. <laughs> got to go to YouTube. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I made a really great point on Drummond, and now I forgot it. Um, it probably wasn't that <laughs> Well, good. at least we know who um, you're starting with, no, Andre Drummond. <laughs> that's it. Andre Drummond, yeah. So we've known for couple weeks now roughly maybe closer to a month that Drummond was kind of on the trade mm -hmm. block even early on this year we expected that that really firmed up when they made the Jared Allen trade then at that point we absolutely knew uh, Drummond was going to be traded challenges he makes a lot of money he's uh, very highly paid and that is not an easy contract to move so I think that is where the Cavs are now stuck they don't want him to get hurt and by playing him, so they're not going to risk that. Uh, 28.7 million. I had to look it up just to make sure. And keep keep forgetting if it's like 27.8 or 28.7. Either way, it's a lot of money. Yeah, either way. Um. So, yeah. So, essentially what the Cavs are doing is saying, stay home until we figure this out. Uh, a little different. He is going to, I guess, still be around the team and stuff because there's not any bad feelings right. or anything like that. It's just we're not going to play you until we either find a trade or it could come to a buyout. There's been subsequent reporting that a buyout is very unlikely uh, here that the Cavs don't really want to go that mm -hmm. direction with him. That seems like bluster to yeah. me uh, this far out from the deadline. We're still about five and a half weeks from the trade deadline. It's March 25th this year. So we're, we've got a ways to go, but they're, they're sitting them until, until they can either work out a deal or, 
then my guess is if uh, the trade deadline comes and goes and they have not moved him, then they'll probably start uh, really seriously discussing a buyout. Well, when I look at this situation, you know, it, it makes a ton of sense for the Cavs to put out there. No, we're not buying him out, right? Because look at what Memphis did last season with Andre Iguodala, right? They they asserted over and over and over again, we will not buy him out. Somebody has to trade for him. And they held firm and they ultimately got some assets for him. You know, Andre Drummond is a guy that, that teams want. Look, if he gets bought out, like his agent's phone is just going to blow up. Because every team in the NBA is going to be calling, trying to get him. No one wants to pay him $28 million, but everyone would want yeah. him for whatever, you know, a veteran minimum deal, perhaps. Uh, but then we've got Jason Lloyd from The Athletic saying it seems like a buyout may be inevitable, that it seems that they might be headed for a buyout. So I do wonder which path that we go along here. Does it wind up uh, turning out that someone does offer something in a trade? They stack together enough contracts to make a deal work, and you have to get to what? 21 or so million, maybe 22, 23. Okay. I was close. I was in the area, in the vicinity of what it would take to actually get a, get a deal done for Andre Drummond. Or do we see him get bought out? And let me, let me throw this wrinkle in here, Keith. I think if you are, because we've already heard the rumors about him going to the Brooklyn Nets, they've got that Spencer Dinwiddie Mm -hmm. disabled player exception. I think if you are any other team in the NBA, that's not Brooklyn that sees themselves as a title contender, you want some middling team to put together some assets in an attempt to move forward and go trade for Andre Drummond. You do not want him landing for free with the Brooklyn Nets. That could spell a lot of trouble for the rest of the NBA. Yeah, exactly. Now, he's not going to solve their defensive no. issues. He, he's not a very good defender. I know sometimes the metrics show that he can be, but but he, he really isn't. Um, he even, as odd as it sounds, for the guy who's probably the best individual rebounder in the NBA, his teams are never a very good rebounding teams, which is a little weird. So that says to me, you know, he's going after them, but if he's not getting them, then nobody is. So he's just a weird fit. To your bigger point is, Nobody wants to pay him twenty eight point yeah. seven million. There's your your challenge. That either means you got to send the Cavs back a bad contract. Fine if it ends this year. I think they would be open to that. Mm-hmm. If it carries past this year, Cleveland doesn't want to do that unless you start paying them significantly to do so. Uh, and then the other thing you have to do then is if you want to get them, you're going to have to trade two, three, four guys of valuable players. We heard the Raptors. Right. right? Uh, Shams was the one who reported that they were in discussions. And immediately I started looking at it. I'm like, this is going to cost them Aaron Baines and uh, Norman Powell and maybe Chris Boucher. And, you know, or, you know, if you don't do Powell, you're going to have to do, you know, four or five guys just to match salary. And at this point in the season, both ways, that doesn't work for the Cavs because they're not going to want to waive, you know, three or four guys to fit in all the guys they're acquiring and the Raptors don't have the ability to then fix their depth uh, this late. And they, all they'd have was minimum contracts to offer anyway. So, so there's the sticking point. I think that's where Jason Lloyd's probably right. And I tend to agree with him. I think this one probably ends in a buy. So if he gets bought out, what do you say? I mean, Brooklyn has to be the heavy favorite, right? Or do you think other teams that are going to like the Clippers, the Lakers, the Celtics, et cetera, do you think any of those teams can maybe get in and sway his mind? Or should we just start Photoshopping him in Brooklyn Nets jerseys? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think the challenge for teams like the Lakers and Clippers, who would make some sense for him is all they can offer is a veteran Mm -hmm. minimum. And by the time buyout season rolls around, they'll be clear of the hard cap issues for the rest of the season contract. But the Nets can offer, they still have their full taxpayer mid-level left. 
They're not hard capped because they haven't done any of the things that make you become a hard cap mm-hmm. team. So for them, it's just adding to an already hefty luxury tax bill. So they could they could offer him that. They've got the Spencer Dinwiddie disabled player exception. Mm-hmm. So they could offer him that. Um, so that that's, I think, where it becomes a little bit of a challenge is the Nets not only can offer potentially even a starting role, but they could very much offer a um, a more money as well. And that's where when you're uh, bidding against them, that's where it gets really tricky because now you're really looking at it and you're saying, all right, how do we beat the money plus the role? That that gets hard, and it's not like any of those other teams can overly convince themselves, hey, the Nets are cute, but they're not really a contender because I think they're absolutely on the level with all those other teams too. Yeah, especially, I mean, we just saw last night what they did to the Phoenix Suns, and that was without yeah. uh, without Kyrie and without Kevin Durant. This team is absolutely a contender, and I know— And they were down like 20 points at half They were, and that was quite a comeback. But I yeah. know they're not great defensively. But I and and that Andre Drummond is not a great defender, but just in terms of giving them size, of giving them another athlete in there in the paint that can do some things, I think he does make them better. And that's the challenge. Like if you yeah, are absolutely. if you are anyone else, you want to see them keep those same weaknesses. You want to see them not have depth. You want to see them be very poor defensively. You want to see those things that might trip them up come playoff time. And Andre Drummond, I think, would be a pretty significant step in the right direction in a few areas. And so that's where if you're somebody else, if you're one of the other teams, you got to be concerned. If you're a Nets fan, you've got to just be salivating and and hoping that nobody makes an offer that that Cleveland uh, picks uh, that Cleveland accepts and that he does get bought out. Yeah, absolutely. And if if it happens, then we lock in. I'll continually call him DeAndre Drummond, DeAndre Drummond as I, like I did it. for probably the first five years of his career, <laughs> uh, mistakenly. So that that'll just continue to happen as well. Um, but then there's another guy. Another guy that, uh, that well, pretty big name that has been effectively sent home. Again, no animosity, but Blake Griffin and the Detroit Pistons, former all-star player, not that guy anymore, but still a guy that can contribute and uh, even more money on the books and the added wrinkle of having yeah. another year on a player option, $36 million and change this season and $39 million on a player option, which he is almost certain to pick up, I would imagine. For next season, Keith, what is going to happen here? I mean, it, Andre Drummond would be a massive buyout. This would be unbelievable to see a buyout happen with with Blake Griffin. Yeah, this would be the biggest buyout in NBA mm-hmm. history. Uh, but I think it was Bobby Marks had tweeted it. The, the biggest prior to this was uh, 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 former center Bison Daylight mm. um, gave up $31 million in a buyout. And then Larry Sanders gave up 20, like 20-something yeah. million, which was then stretched over seven years in his uh, situation with the Bucks when he was let go. So those And those guys were both guys that – dealt with some uh, personal demons at points. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for Bison Daylight, it, it, some we don't still don't know what happened yeah. in his situation to cost him his life. And Larry Sanders seems like he got things back on track some, so hopefully he's, he's doing well now. But, yeah, the challenge with Griffin is if it was just this year, buyout. Right. 100% yep. you'd figure out a buyout. You'll knock five, six million off the money we owe you, and off you go. It's that second year at almost $39 million. That does you in because he's not just going to give that up. That would be the upset of the century if he gave that up. If he said, you know what, I just all I want to do is play somewhere else so badly that I'm giving up that thirty nine million I'm owed next year. Um, You know, and I had a lot of people saying to me, the good thing is, I think people have become educated enough to understand why no one's going to trade for him because that number is just too big. 
uh, both this year and next year. Um, it, but a lot of people immediately went to, well, if he's bought out, you know, why don't the Celtics sign him? Why don't the Lakers sign him? Why don't the Clippers, you know, what about Brooklyn and all these teams? And the point I, I make, and, and I say this all the time, I know you know where I'm going. <laughs> Sometimes these guys are more name than game. And that's exactly what, what it is with Blake Griffin now. He's shooting, he's an under 40% shooter for two years running now. That's not, no. you, you can't, that's not even remotely okay um, for a guy like that. And that's even with shooting kind of okay from, from three. He can't do anything inside at all. Can't move defensively anymore. All he does now is take charges. Um, he's still a wonderful passer. Um, he's, a, he's, if his shooting percentage was better in, in the paint, you could live with what he does from three. He's okay enough now from three. But it's basically, you know, spot up shots, step back shots, uh, you know, messy jumpers off the dribble and then, you know, trying to find passes. And then defensively, all he can do is try and take charges. It's just I, I can't see anybody um, doing anything in trade. And in buyout, sure, someone's going to take yeah, him because he's Blake absolutely. Griffin. Right. You know, one of these teams will will absolutely sign him to a minimum deal for the rest of this season if he gets bought out. But I don't think a buyout's coming because just because of the amount of money. I think this is going to be one that what ends up happening is he doesn't play again for the Pistons ever since the rest of this year. And then in the offseason, when now he becomes an expiring contract, that's where you can get some stuff done. Because Detroit is probably still going to be in asset collection mode for at least one more season. So what they can do is move him, collect a couple picks maybe take on a questionable contract, but that maybe fits them a little bit better. You know, maybe they could do something for like an Al Horford or somebody sure. like that and, you know, free up OKC from that obligation. Um, you know, if OKC wanted to go in a different direction and though those are the kind of things you could see happening. But right now I don't think, I think he's just going to sit and go. And that's the last thing I want to say on Griffin is really sad because I think people are now forgetting just how, awesome this guy yeah. was for several years at the end of his Clippers tenure in his early Pistons. Well, here's the thing, right? I mean, he was known as one of, if not the best dunker in the NBA, right? He was incredible. He hasn't dunked a ball this season. He hasn't, he hasn't had a dunk. Almost two years. Well, yeah, yeah. Right now it's been yeah. a while, <laughs> a long time since he's, since yeah. he's dunked a basketball. So his game is now completely different. Uh, he is not that same guy, but I think you're right. I think if somehow a buyout gets done, right? Maybe he decides it's worth a ton of money for me to go join a contender. Someone will take the chance that he becomes Nicholas Batum. He becomes Dwight Howard. Guys who passed their prime, everybody kind of written them off, but then they go to some place and they have a, a smaller role. They're asked to do fewer things. They don't have to bear the burden because there's other players on the team to yeah. do the heavy lifting and that he can be more successful in an environment like that. Someone will pick him up. I don't know who... But somebody will will pick him up in that scenario. Otherwise, yeah, I don't see like we never say never because it's always possible that trades can come along. I mean, remember back in the day when everyone said Joe Johnson was in an immovable contract and, and then he sure. got traded. Um, that's it's the way we see Westbrook for wall. Yes, <laughs> that's right. There you go. Westbrook for wall. <laughs> right. We see that happen all the time, but it is almost impossible to imagine a Blake Griffin trade coming together right now. Yeah, it's just hard for, you know, in the Westbrook wall situation, 
Both sides were very easily able to talk themselves into. These guys can still mm-hmm. play. And they've both shown that at times they can be helpful players. It's just really, unless you truly believe Blake is mailing it in and you have a bunch of bad money that you can get rid of too, it's just hard to see anything coming together for, for him at this point. It's just, it's just too much money. You know, when you get there and then that second year because of that player option – that really, for me, removes the possibility of a buyout because it would be dumb for the Pistons to eat that kind of dead money next mm-hmm. year. He's better as actual salary for them because then that's tradable. You can't trade dead right. money. So you don't you don't want to just eat that kind of money next year. And I know a couple people said, well, they could stretch it. Yeah, that didn't work out too well with Josh Smith. So <laughs> let, let's, let's not stretch salary unless you really – have a really great reason because if that frees up enough cap space to sign, you know, player X or make a trade for player Y, like there is no reason to to stretch that kind of money, you know, because let's call it forty million. You stretch it over three years, no way. No. That's that's stupid. Thir- Thirteen million dollars a year, you know, roughly. That that's not no. You you can't be doing that stuff. That's completely irresponsible. So that that's why I just again I go back to it. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he's gonna gonna be on the Pistons at least through the end of this season, and then then we'll see. Unless he really really wants out and gives up a lot of that money, yeah. um, on that second year, and yeah, maybe. But that's so much to give up. So much. I mean, yeah. and I know I know yeah, from I the fan. Pre- I have a lot of people that that comment and say and say, well, he's probably made so much over his career. Da da da. <laughs> $39 million is a ton of money. I don't care how much you've made yeah. over your career. Thirty, yeah. You're not just walking away from $39 million. Yeah, that, he, he's not Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, he could walk away from $39 million and not worry about yes. it. Uh, yeah, you know, the other thing, too, to keep in mind, too, is Blake Griffin's a thoughtful guy. That's kind of irresponsible to do that to the rest of the players in the league. Because then that becomes a question True. of, well, well, if Blake Griffin did it, why why can't you do mm-hmm. it? Uh, it's the same reason why LeBron won't take less than the max. Because he, he's all, he very openly and honestly said several times, I won't take less than the max because then then the owners will say, LeBron did it. You know, why can't you? Right. And that's and that's absolutely fair. And that is what they would say. Yeah. You know, so I, th- I think this is you know, where, where those ones go. But you want to get into some other yeah. other uh, smaller transactions yep. that actually happen? Let's do it. All right. If you guys want to hear us talk about the uh, Derrick Rose, uh, Dennis Smith trade, go watch the YouTube video. It is there. Yep. Um, you can find it if, if you're a podcast listener. Um, it was lost to the podcast ether uh, this week. But you can find find our thoughts on that one. Um, the Spoiler. We were both kind of like, okay. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> we're change We're very all. excited. Uh, Rose Keith. is playing good for the yeah. next one. Right, he's he's playing well. Um, a couple other uh, things. Noah Vonley signed by yep. the Nets. Um, he is still there. Um, hasn't done a whole heck of a lot yet. We'll see. I kind of think that's more of a tryout kind of thing. Let's see how mm-hmm. he looks, and then if he looks good, we'll keep him. If not, we'll move on from him. Uh, contracts do guarantee one week from today. If guys aren't waived one week from today, their contracts will guarantee. So that is why why you're seeing some of these moves being made now. And you'll see some moves made over the next week around that idea uh, there. And then on the two-way front, the Rockets ended a two-way contract for Broderick Thomas. They brought in Ray Spaulding. Uh, that was to add a little bit more front court depth. Uh, Spaulding's a guy who's bounced around the league a little bit in his first couple of years. Uh, kind of an athletic big, can, can do some stuff as a rebounder. We'll, we'll see. They, they've just got a lot of guys hurt right now. Uh, the Timberwolves ended the two-way contract for Ashton Hagens. 
I don't really know why, and I'm not sure. It feels like they could use more guard depth. Is now it's been reported D'Angelo Russell's going to yeah, be out for a four while. Four to six weeks. Um, and I think it was headed that way anyway. Yeah, so that is you know a bit of a challenge there. But um, you know they they moved on from him. That open two way. They've not filled that yet. The Orlando Magic, the land of the injured here in Orlando. Uh, they brought in Frank Mason just because they needed anybody healthy that could play point guard, and then Mason got hurt. <sighs> Um, so he was on a two-way. His two-way ended. They brought in Jason Randall. Um, he's going to come in and be be here on a two-way. They finally got Michael Carter-Williams back, so at least they have a couple guys who can masquerade as ball handlers. But Magic are still down a ton of players. Fournier still in and out of the lineup. James Ennis has been hurt. Alfred Camino came back for one game and is out. Cole Anthony, the rookie, is out until after the All-Star break uh, with a shoulder rib issue. And then uh, we know about Isaac and Fultz and... Yeah, I mean, probably somebody else by the time this will post has <laughs> gotten hard again. For uh, and then the Nets, um, they had signed. You guys remember we talked about Norval mm-hmm. Pell? They signed him to bring in a little, little bit more depth up front. They already moved on from him, and they brought in Andre Roberson, um, which is great to see. Hey, him getting a shot a back in the league, and hopefully he's healthy uh, there. And then the Rockets, I didn't, I missed this. Uh, they've already ended the two-way for Ray Spalding, so. Uh, you know, he was not long to be in Houston. They, they did that yesterday. That was, that was a quick turnaround. That, that happened. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, Roberson, that, that's the big one. Um, you know, I think if he is at all healthy, he can help them as a defender who doesn't need the ball um, on the wing. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have any kind of wing defenders with size. Um, so I think Roberson can, can kind of help them and do some different stuff. And uh, back with KD and, uh, I don't know if he was there when Harden was there or not, but uh, at least back with KD. Yeah. Then he always, you know, played played fairly well uh, with him. As long as it doesn't turn, it it becomes hard to play him in playoff series, right? Because then he ends up in the yeah. corner and you just end up with a whole bunch of clanked jump shots. But but yeah, so that so that's what where we're at with those things. Um, injury stuff. We talked about D'Angelo Russell being out. That sucks because Cat just came back yeah. for the Wolves. Um, so that one's rough. Uh, your team's without AD, mm-hmm. uh, probably through the all-star break, right? Which is, you know, sensible. Yeah. No reason to rush that. Um, you know, winning in a couple extra games isn't going to do anything for the Lakers. It's not going to affect their long-term uh, outcome at all. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is out for the Spurs. It sounds like that's still going to be a while. Um, they're, they're getting by with Jakob Pertle up front with uh, Drew Eubanks and Trey Lyles playing behind him. Uh, let's see, just... Bouncing through. Victor Oladipo continues to be in and out of lineup. Christian Woods out for the Rockets. They're starting to slide back. I'm starting to wonder if they might turn and start looking at Oladipo. Yeah, I was going to say, are they going to flip Tucker him now? They're, they're, uh, they've lost six in a row as of right now, as of this moment. Six straight. Now that they're sliding, we talked about this on our last show, the one that's just on the, the YouTube channel, um, the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. We talked about how as we get closer to the deadline, teams will start to get a better sense of exactly where they are and yep. what they need to do. So what do you think on, on a low depot? Do you see him moving on from here? Do you think they're going to going to retrade him? I think there's a good chance yeah. if they keep keep slipping out of this, if they can't reverse this. Now, what's weird is right there, 11 and five, they're three and a half out of out of eighth. But that doesn't really mean anything. It's really out of sixth and out of yeah. tenth. That's what you care about. So they're five games out of six. That's probably starting to get a little out of range. Yeah. Um, but they are out of 10th, they're only a game and a half Not bad. behind Dallas. So they're still kind of in this thing, but a couple more losses. I said this on Twitter. Every team's a three-game win streak away from playoffs. We're a contender right. in a three-game losing streak away from blow it up. So, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, 
I would. I'd see if you could remove Oladipo. Go go get somebody better. Uh, or not better, um, but somebody be- something better for you for yeah. the future. Younger piece, pick, uh, something like that. Big. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and there, there are teams, I think, that would go for him, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, the Celtics announced Marcus Smart. is It's starting to look like maybe after the All-Star break for him. Uh, Daniel Tice is out, but that's a day-to-day thing. Uh, Kevin Durant out for a while um, with a strained calf. I believe it was yeah, for the Nets. Uh, they're also Kyrie still in and out of the lineup. Oh, Mitchell Robinson broke his hand. He's going to be out for a while uh, for the Knicks. That's unfortunate because they were uh, starting to play pretty well. Uh, the Bulls continue to struggle with injuries, guys, in and out. Uh, they did get one little Carter back, which is good for them. Uh, the Clippers, Paul George, we're still trying to find out what exactly. We don't have a real timeline on him. And then Kawhi has also been out uh, for a couple games. There, the Hawks are down some guys too. DeAndre Hunter, maybe for the rest of the that, season. That's awful. He that's was really, really, really good. And, and quick correction on Durant. It's a yeah, hamstring yeah. on Durant. Hamstring, hamstring on Durant. That's what it was, yeah. Yeah, calf. Sorry, I shouldn't have said calf. That's uh, scary considering what he yeah. went through uh, before. So, And then Mike Conley for the Jazz has been out. But the Jazz apparently are never going to lose again this season and are just going to win. Uh, every game, the rest of the way, and you know, sweep their way all the way to to the to a title. The way they look, I mean, it, it's crazy how well they are playing. Like it is that to me is the definition of well old machine. Uh, just the way they're executing on both ends right now. But you know, it's they're they kind of feel a lot like the Bucks mm-hmm. in a sense of that. Uh, show me in the playoffs, yeah. right? And then because we've kind it. of not so, not to this degree, yeah. but we've kind of seen this from the Jazz before where they've had long stretches of a season where they look really good and then it kind of falls to pieces. And especially when you get to the playoffs and teams can really hone in on their offensive sets and what they're trying to do, they can become a lot more disruptive to them defensively. And then we see things kind of fall and fall apart. But again, we haven't seen it to this degree. This could just be the year that they, that they break through. Could be. Yeah. And then the last thing I wanted to say um, before we get into fake trade, of fake trades, um, Let's go. As I'm calling it. <laughs> Big time. Something we are generally loath to do, but we're going to have a little bit of fun uh, mm-hmm. today. And thank you to everybody who sent yep. those in. Um, but anyway, the trade deadline just itself. I get this question regularly. When are we going to start seeing trades? When are people going to do these these moves and all these things? This would be kind of like looking for a whole bunch of trades around Christmas in a normal mm-hmm. season. Uh, that's about where we are in, in the calendar. Um, we're still five and a half weeks away from the trade deadline, March 25th is the trade deadline. So we're still, you know, a long, or really five weeks, five weeks from tomorrow, I believe it is. So so we we got to kind of reframe and refocus around the fact that that is a long um, way out uh, yet. And because of the advent of the plan, these teams are hanging than they usually will. So we just talked about that with the Rockets. In a normal year, I think the Rockets would start to kind of look at it and say, we're already five games out of the playoffs. It's going to be hard to make up and leapfrog all these teams. But then they look at him, well, we're only a game and a half out of the play-in. If we get there and we're healthy, we could make a run. And and you start to look at that stuff. So I think what you're you're going to see teams do is give it about two more weeks to the end of February, the beginning beginning part of March, everybody will have a pretty good idea because right now it's, you know, it's Griffin and Drummond as individuals. And then you've got kind of the Pistons, kind of the Cavs, kind of the Thunder, and then the T-Wolves that are looking, all right, we can make moves. Yeah. Everybody else is holding in and saying, ah, we're not really there yet. You know, we're, we're ready to go. And then on the flip side, you've got buyers who know they need help, but a lot of these buyers are also looking at and saying, ah, do we, or do we just need to get healthy? 
you know, is that what we got to do first? And that that's where it becomes, you know, a little bit of that challenge too, because it takes, you know, two sides to make a deal. So, so yeah, but it'll all come into focus within the next couple of weeks. So I would expect that that beginning, you know, early part of March is when things will really pick up steam. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we can't talk about all kinds of different fake trades right now. So guys, we're going to get into this. We're going to talk a little bit about some trades that were sent in uh, from Twitter, both of our Twitter accounts. We accepted some some trades coming in, people giving us trade suggestions, and we will dive into that. Uh, But I guess we should preface this because Keith, you and I were talking before the show about how when we get sent fake trades all the time, but people think they're real. Trades that are completely hypothetical and people send us messages saying, hey, did you hear about this trade? Is this trade really going down? Is this going to happen? No. We get Sometimes people put out lists of, hey, wouldn't it be cool if this team traded for that guy? This team should really look at this guy. That doesn't mean it's a sourced trade. And so just to specify, before we even get into any of this, all of the things we're covering today, right now, it's just stuff that we look at and think, hey, maybe there is some opportunity here. It doesn't mean these teams have actually talked. It doesn't mean that this is a legitimate trade rumor or it's sourced or anything like that. So bottom line, do not aggregate this and run off and and say, (laughs) say trade rumor, the Celtics are trading for this guy or Lakers are going to get this guy. That is not what's happening right now. Yeah. I I wanted to find one that was really, really awful. Uh Yeah. So for example, we get some one that is Bradley Beal to the Lakers for a future second. Clearly, that someone was having a little bit of fun. That was a joke. That's actually a guy who works for Lakers Nation. That was a joke that that he sent in just just to mess with us. So uh, yes, that was a joke. Yeah. So just you know, but those are the kind of things we don't need anybody picking up on and and running around screaming and yelling. You know, hey, this is great. The other thing I would tell you guys is, if you're ever going to send anybody a fake trade, run it through one of the various trade machines. Mm -hmm. I like Real GMs the best. Um, Trade NBA, I think, is another one that's out there that i see quite a bit and then of course espn kind of the the uh the the one that is probably still most used um you can use those and you know check check and see if it works at least before you send it out you know clearly if you're just trying to be funny it is what it is we also had a lot of people throw us um uh ones where it was uh it was just a name (laughs) and it's like that's not well what is that okay (laughs) great cool you know and it's like i mean i looked at those and said said i don't know um we Clearly got a lot of Celtics and Lakers uh-huh. related ones. Yep. That's who our followers primarily are. Um, but we got enough that I think we're not that, that I think we're fun. So so what we'll do is we're going to throw you guys um, the the ideas that were out there. Um, we'll try to say who it was that sent it to us because we took them all from Twitter. Um, and then uh, what the, the trade idea was that they gave us and uh, and go go from there. Does that sound good? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So I'll do the first one. Uh, This one came from Dallas at Dallas Mavs 1980. John Collins to the Mavericks for anyone not named Luca or Chris Stapps. Don't have a first round pick to trade due due to not being able to trade consecutive years first rounders. So maybe Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Fillers. Mm. So why I picked this one right out of the gate. So one, we know John Collins is being talked about. Yeah, That's, That's out there. Um, but here's the thing that's getting missed with John Collins. John Collins only makes, and let me pull it up so I have the, the right amount. It is not a big salary. No. It is only $4.1 million. Because of that, that makes him hard to trade. Really hard. You can't take back Tim Hardaway Jr. 
the 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 Hawks don't have a big exception. Now, what the Hawks do have is they've got Tony Snell's twelve point two million dollar expiring that could kind of work as a you know human trade exception that they could send back and in in you know attach it to Collins. Um, but I see a lot of John Collins stuff. The Hawks can't take back a big salary just for John Collins. Right. Now, the other thing is I I don't hate Collins to the Mavericks. Collins, Porzingis, and Luca. You're pretty shy defensively on being able to stop anybody, but offensively, good luck. Yo, I mean, that's, yo, Luca's now got pick and roll, pick and pop partners to work with. I just wonder, is Collins and Porzingis a little too duplicative? Where do do you want, you know, those two in the same lineup? But as we're seeing more and more stretch, you know, stretch the floor, space the floor, open things up. You'd have to load up then. Everybody else would have to be three and D guys all over the floor, and then you still are short a playmaker off the dribble. But I don't hate that idea. So last thing I'll say to you, sorry, let me ahead. say one more thing. The Mavs do have picks they can trade. They just have to work around some pick protection. So it would get a little complicated. So it would be like deliver this two years after this one is traded and those kind of things. They could do that. You don't have to wait until a pick is actually traded. You just have to work. Plus they could also trade the part that's not protected they still have that ability to do too if they wanted to do that. So, sorry, I, I just wanted to make sure I get that point So, value-wise, I don't know if that's enough for Atlanta to give up John Collins. I mean, he's going to be restricted, yeah. right? Like, worst-case scenario, you hold on to him and you just try to flip him next year if you decide that, look, this just really doesn't work. I mean, you'd be better off just paying him and, and getting trying to get more for him later on. So, value-wise... Or just pay him. Or just keep just him keep him, because, really, yeah, really he's, he's a great... He's a very, very good player, so... <laughs> I don't see that as being enough in return for for John Collins. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of people out there right now that are kind of like that they're sharks smelling blood in the water and thinking, oh, we can get this guy for cheap. I don't think that's the path Atlanta is going down right now. Not with not with John Collins, not with a guy that talented. This isn't a fire sale situation where you can just kind of get him for your spare parts. At least that's not my sense of it. Yeah, I threw out there Boston throws a you know uh, pick a handful of the kids and then a couple first round picks. I think that could get mm-hmm. interesting, especially if you said, "Hey, we want first round picks that are like twenty twenty five and twenty twenty seven. You know, and maybe by then the Celtics are come something completely different. They, I would not want picks from like Boston this year and next and you know two years from now because they're probably still going to be a pretty good team in that range. But yeah, that's that that's where I think. The only challenge I have is, does Atlanta start to look at it if they continue to play poorly, they continue to kind of fall like where they're not looking like they're going to be a playoff team and maybe they have to fight their way through the play-in. Do you look at it and say, hey, this is a good way to build out our depth if we can get you know two, three young guys for him uh, and get a couple uh, draft picks go, going forward? Is that a direction they go? Then maybe that makes sense. But yeah, I, I don't. That one is a little hard. I don't know that that becomes uh, enough for them. But I will say this. I don't think John Collins is a hawk next year. Uh, I, I will say that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's a little weird because you think usually teams that are in the Hawks position will try to hang on to young talent. But if it's just not working out, if they can get the right assets for them, maybe they'll go ahead and do it. Um, I've got one here, and I'll, I'll throw in a Lakers one, I guess. Pretty simple one. Uh, Alfonso McKinney the Sacramento Kings for Hassan Whiteside. And they also have a second rounder going to the Kings in order to try to even that out a little bit. This is from Sean Davis on YouTube or on, uh, on Twitter. 
Um, when I look at that, I mean, look, the, the money is pretty simple swap and, and all of that. Uh, I don't know that that's enough for the Kings to part with Whiteside, who does get some minutes, whereas McKinney is pretty much just a garbage time guy right now. Uh, for the Lakers, I guess if they are looking for a 3 and D style player, maybe McKinney could eventually be something like that. But I don't know. I know Hassan Whiteside doesn't have a lot of value around the league, but part of me just feels like the Kings would probably just be loath to trade with the Lakers, period, especially if it means giving them a piece that they clearly could use right now in terms of a, a rim protector. Yeah, I think that's probably the bigger yeah. problem here. And then they just lost Chemezi Metu, got hurt. He, he's one of their two-way uh, guys. He's a big who was getting some minutes on occasion for them. Um, there'd have to be something that they could do to get a big, I think, in return. Or this is a good one, though. If they're out of it, like on trade deadline mm-hmm. day, if the Kings have, let's just say they had like a six-game losing streak and fell completely out of the playoff race, then this is one that that I really like quite a bit. I saw this one too, and I was like, I kind of like this one. I, I think this one makes some sense because you don't really care about the McKinney part of it. It's really get a yeah. pick for Whiteside, who's probably not going to be there beyond this season. Done. Yo, finish, finish that off. Do the Lakers have any good? I'm, I'm just looking right now because I don't know that they have really much there. Because their own is not good. I mean... Yeah, they don't even. Yeah, I'm gonna say they don't even have their own for a while. They're they are really really out of picks. Um, let's see, they have their 2023 second. That would be the first one they would have available. Yeah, that if I'm reading this right, 2023, 2024, and 2020 and 2027. So maybe you throw them two. Yeah, two of them to make up for that. But yeah, I mean that that's the those are almost the the ones that are too realistic to be fun for this kind of exercise, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's the kind of thing you could see going down. But yeah, I think Whiteside could help out the Lakers quite a bit, sure. uh, especially you allow him to spot Gasol rest mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the season. And he kind of plays the Dwight Howard role, right? The rest of the way. Oh yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't hate it. I definitely yeah. wouldn't hate it. I just, I have a hard time believing the Kings will trade with the Lakers. I'll believe it when I see it, yep. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, that that's that that part of it is definitely tough. Uh, let's look at this one because I think this one is kind of the boy. This is a lot of shuffling guys around here. This one came from Thomas Cowan mm-hmm. um, on Twitter at Thomas Cowan thirteen. Um, it's a three team trade between the Heat, Cavs, and Raptors. Ooh. So I'll just tell you what everybody gets. Okay. The Heat get Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love. The Cavs get Andre Iguodala and Kelly Olynyk. The Raptors get Goran Dragic, Myers Leonard, and a 2025 first from Miami. Ooh. I hate this for the Heat. Yeah. I absolutely hate it for the Heat. I like Kyle Lowry, but I don't know he's that big of an upgrade over Dragic that you're going to eat Kevin Love's contract for the next two seasons after this one. That takes away all of the flexibility Miami has. So I hate that one. I love it for the Cavs. Uh, you get Olenek and Iguodala, who's essentially an expiring because he's got a team option for next year. Wipes, loves, deal off your books. Done. Done done, and done. Get, 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 let's call this one in. Sorry, my puppy is uh, stealing 
food off my desk. <laughs> Is that what's like, happening? Out of here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if she got on camera or not there, but um, that's I, awesome. Well, I, did you know, Keith, there were a lot of comments <laughs> about your dog in our last episode because people saw saw the, the puppy sitting in your in the chair that's behind you. Oh, and so yeah. there, there were all these comments in our well, on they, our YouTube channel about that. <laughs> Oh, nice. That that's that's our our older golden. He's eleven, but we have a puppy who's just over a year, and she is a she, she's a she's uh, a pain. Okay. I would pick her up, but she hates to be picked up. So <laughs> so I would put her on camera. Uh to go back. So hate it for the heat, love it for the calves, raptors. I think I like it for the raptors too, because that uh that's not any kind of long term money, and they get a first round pick out of it. Sure, but my the Miami part, no way. I would not touch that. And that's all it takes. You know, when we get into it's hard enough to get a two-team trade done in the NBA. When you yeah. start throwing out proposals that it's a three-team trade or that I'm seeing some four-team trades, like it's fun to to kind of create those, right? To build those types of trades. Yeah. But when you add in that many moving pieces, when you add in that many different people, right, who have to get involved in the decision-making, then it becomes exponentially less likely to go down. So just something to keep in mind. That doesn't mean that three-team trades never happen. We already saw a four-team trade happen this huh. season. It happens. It just can complicate things a lot. So even when there's stuff that we see where we go, oh man, this makes total sense for every single team involved. That still doesn't make it likely to get done because all it takes is one owner going, oh no, but I really like that guy. And it falls apart. Yep. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It takes one side to say, I'm not really interested. So all right. That's the end of it. Um, Okay. Turn. So I've got one here. And I've seen a few different variations of these guys going out. And this actually involves some of the guys we just talked about. But this is one from your Twitter here, Keith. This is from Jacob M. And it's a deal between the 76ers, Cavs, and Raptors. Oh, and the Magic are thrown in too. So a four-team trade. So I've got the 76ers getting Kyle Lowry and giving up Ferguson, Poirier, Green, and Thibault. You've got the Raptors bringing in Andre Drummond, somebody actually trading for Andre Drummond, and Evan Fournier <laughs> from the Magic. You've got the Cavs getting Aaron Baines. Uh, you've got Ferguson and Poirier, and then you've got, I, I'm not setting this up well, the Magic getting Danny Green and Thibault. A lot of moving parts there. I'll- and, and, and he said in the comments, Sixers send a first to Toronto and a second to Cleveland. Right. Too, so... Uh, uh, like it for Philly. Okay. Uh, no, actually, do with I? a fir- yeah, I was um, gonna say with a first and a second, green and plus Danny Green, Green Thibel and a first for a season right, of Kyle let me come Lowry. Back to the Philly part. I don't know. Love it for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Clears Drummond out. Baines is non guaranteed second year. Uh, you get a second basically for Drummond, right? Because Ferguson. Poirier and Baines are nothing. Which, for as them. I recall, is basically Toronto, what they paid for him was a second. Yeah. Toronto, I don't mind them kind of resetting a little bit. Um, you it would assume you move Van Vliet to the point full time. Yeah. Uh, Fournier comes in as your two guard, and then Drummond is your five. So that gives you Drummond, Siakam, Ananobi, Fournier, and Van Vliet. I don't hate it. They also get a first. I don't hate it. Uh, I, mean, I love it for Orlando. Yeah. To, to get Thibel for Fournier, it's done. Yeah, oh, yeah. You do that no, in a second. Great. Yeah, no, not even a question for them. Uh, Phillies, where, where, I don't know. 
I don't know that Philly does that. And I like Kyle Lowry a lot, but one season of Kyle Lowry and you're going to part with all of that in order. I mean, maybe if you think, hey, this is the piece that gives us a championship, but I don't know if I'm doing that. And off Lowry, the way they play is a big enough upgrade over Green and Thibel. Yeah. Um, guys, and I, I apologize too. I know I'm not looking at the camera a lot here because I'm looking at other stuff on this episode. So. I apologize. I know I'm bad at looking at the camera anyway, but I'm probably going to be really bad about it today. Well, we're trying uh, to break down yeah, these trades. So. No, I would pass. Personally. Yeah, I probably would as well. I, I don't think I'm passing, uh, giving up Thibault in that. Not for no. half a season now in, a, in the playoffs of, yeah. of Lowry. In a pick, too. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's interesting, though. To, to It was it was at least worth thinking through. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, we don't. A lot of those we don't get there. Uh, let's see. I had one and now I lost it. All right. This one comes from Tr- at Tristan R. Tucker. Okay. Miami gets Nemanja Bielitsa, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Rudy uh-huh. Gay. Sacramento gets Myers Leonard in a second. San Antonio gets Kelly Olenek, Andre Guadalla, Chris Silva in a future protected pick. I assume that future protected pick is a future protected first. So a lot of expiring deals being moved around here. Um, guys who are either on one-year deals or with team options, which essentially amounts to an expiring deal. Uh, so let's take take it piece by yeah. piece. Uh, kind of like it for Miami. I, I don't mind this. Um, I think Gay and Iguodala are pretty equal at this point. I think Aldridge is an upgrade over Olenek, assuming he's healthy, right? And then Bielitsa gives him a little bit of a stretch element at the forward spot. San Antonio, I don't hate it i guess it's i don't know that it changes too much for Mm -hmm. them uh they'll probably stay roughly the same and then sacramento gets leonard for uh for bielitsen that's it i guess i mean they're kind of just taking on money at that puppy well i mean they they get a second (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they get a second so yeah why not i mean i guess right that's sure so yeah i kind of like it where are we at with Miami? I mean, do we feel like Miami is one push away from from really doing something this season, or is it more they're not going to recapture the magic they had last year? Because I think that that's probably going to matter in, in a deal like this. Yeah. yeah, I was there with them like like last week when they mm-hmm. won a bunch of games in a row and were finally playing pretty good. Then they lost a couple in a row here and they, they weren't even really good losses so I, I just i feel like they're so up and down um i don't think they're going to be a finals team again i don't think they're going to recapture that and make a finals run but mm-hmm. yeah i i mean i think they're all right that this to me this, this would be an upgrade trade but it would have you'd have to be banking on aldridge stays healthy right for the rest of the year um and then well yeah i mean can you play him with bam I don't know. I mean, Olenek fits with Bam because Olenek can really shoot, and he's actually a pretty good passer. Um, that's why he fits with Bam. Yeah. I, I don't know about Aldridge. You're you're making you're turning Bam into a much more of a perimeter player than I think I'm comfortable with. So yeah, I'd probably pass if I was the the Heat. Yeah, I'd just run with what I got. I just think it's too many moving parts in there to make something like that yeah. like that work. Um, yeah, it's a lot of shuffling deck chairs, right? Around mm-hmm. like, like you're not making. Hey, no, nobody's getting made significantly better here 
with what they did, which is is not bad. I mean, at least it's fairly equal value. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's and that's that's all you can ask for in these types of things is that it's it's decently equal yep. value. Um, let's go with this one. So someone mentioned taking, and I don't know that this is even possible with the poison pill provision for Kuzma, but doing Kyle Kuzma and Contavious Caldwell Pope from the Lakers over to the Bulls in exchange for Zach Levine. And again, I have not run this one through the trade machine yet. I know trading Kyle Kuzma is extremely problematic because of the, you know, the poison pill provision there. But just in terms of, I think it might actually work though. I'm looking, I'm, I'm punching it in right now. Um, but just in terms of value, what do you think about that, uh, about making a move like that for both sides? Um, boy. Uh, I didn't freeze them thinking. Um, I kind of like it for the Bulls. I, I think KCP gives them a, a, another defender in mm-hmm. that starting group. Um, and then I think Kuzma kind of becomes what they hoped Markinen would be, I guess, where he's like, he's becomes your scoring forward and you probably can move on from Markinen because you, you can't get by with a Carter Markinen Kuzma at the three uh, front court. Mm-hmm. That That's not going to work. Um, the Lakers side of it. That's interesting. Uh, I like it because it doesn't, it allows you to take some of the pressure off AD and LeBron is scoring in creation options because they still have to do so much of that. But I don't know that you can, are you better with a Levine Schroeder backcourt than with Caldwell Pope? So much of his value lies in that he can hit shots and he defends and doesn't really need the ball Yeah, a lot. And that's where I worry. Are you, does Levine in a vacuum, Levine is a better player than KCP. Right. But is, 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 he, he, is he a better fit? That that part, I, do you lose a lot of what Levine gives you if if you don't? If they didn't have Schroeder, if they had more of a um, three three and D type point guard, I would like this better. Yeah. If they had a Caldwell Pope that was more like Schroeder, I would like this better for them. But yeah, and then that give, then you give up Kuzma who's one of your better bench weapons. So yeah, I would probably pass, but it's close. It, it at least makes you think. It's close if you can make the money work. You know, I had one trade machine said the trade was rejected because it wasn't close enough salary wise, but I think it was a little bit a little bit iffy on it. I had the other one say, well, you can't trade KCP yet. Um oh, because of when he signed yeah. his contract. Yeah, but it's that's just, that's no, you know where it falls apart? Huh. The hard cap. You're taking on that. like four million more dollars. Okay, I didn't look at that. That's part where yet. it falls apart. So, but even yeah, if you could because, make the math work, like say you add in another piece, yeah. something that makes it you know work under the yeah, it's still it'd be a tough one. It would be hard to say no though, because I think the upside for Zach Levine is so so high, right? I mean, he's the best player in the deal, but if you're the Lakers and you're defending a championship and you're going to be contending this year. Is this the kind of move you make mid-season, knowing that that's going to cause you to have to go go through a lot of adjustments on the fly? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I probably pass. Yeah. All right, but once you get get there, and it and it does become too complicated because of the mm-hmm. hard cap. So yeah, yep. That's a you know value wise, it was good. It made us think. Okay, at least right. You want to do do um, one more, I'll and then a- uh, then let's get into ours. All right. Uh, let's see. I was going to do a Celtics one, but I'll, I'll avoid because I know you're going to throw me a Celtics one here in a minute. Um, I lost it. Hold on. 
I'm going to find one. Guys, and we really do appreciate you guys sent quite a few of these. So uh, it was really, really pretty cool. Uh, all right. So this is a little bit of a um, tweak on that other one. Um, where was that big? Actually, we'll do this one instead. Okay. Because I think this one is fun. This is another one of those four teamers. Uh, and this one came from, sorry, I shouldn't have closed it just yet. Uh, at Casey Levine um, on Twitter. Okay. Cleveland, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. Cleveland gets DeMar DeRozan and Jabari Parker. San Antonio gets Andre Drummond and Trevor Ariza. The Thunder get Marvin Bagley and Nemanja Bielitsa. And the Kings get LaMarcus Aldridge. Hmm. Thoughts? Um, I am going to have to find that one written out because I cannot picture that in my head. It's it's in your mind. Oh, it's in mine. That's what it was. I was looking through, yep. through yours. <laughs> All right, let me find that one, and then I'll be able to break that down a little bit. And it's a it's a screenshot of the trade machine. Got it, got it, got it, got it. There so it is. I'll give you my All thoughts right. while you're pulling it up. Here it is. Uh, I think I kind of like it for the Cavs. I think DeRozan's an upgrade for the rest of the mm-hmm. season, um, especially as he's been playing kind of the small ball four role for San Antonio. Um, I like him over Drummond. For them, Jabari Parker, whatever, that doesn't matter. That's just thrown in, I imagine, to make the math work. Um, the Spurs side of it, I don't hate it. Try out Drummond for the rest of the year. See? If anybody's going to get the best out of him, it's probably going to be San Antonio. They've got enough guys that they can get by without DeRozan mm-hmm. the rest of this year. I think he's probably done there anyway. Ariza, that doesn't do anything for them. Um they, they think Ariza is, Ariza is my uh, number one guy to be bought out yeah. in the buyout market. I don't think anybody's trading for him because no one's going to trade for $12.8 million. Um, He gets bought out, and he's probably going to finish his career, my guess is, with the Lakers, is my guess. Uh, I think he's coming home again for, like, what's that, like the 10th time <laughs> he'll be a Laker. Um, the 10th time? Well, he's been a Laker what? Yeah, Once? Well, I mean, he's from. Twice, at least. He he yeah. came in the trade with the, with the Twice, Magic. Twice, at least, right? Two different ones? Ariza, he was in. And then wasn't he there? Again? He was in two thousand nine. He came and won a championship with the Lakers. Unless I'm forgetting one, I got to look this up now. I thought he was there two different times. I'm looking it up now too. This is I could I could be just just forgetting about a time that he was a Laker. I suppose. Um, See if you are, I get to be on. Lakers yeah, that, that's first right. Game next show. <laughs> uh, no, they traded see. for him one season, then there. he was there the next. They trade him halfway right. through. Yeah, he just had the one wrong. stint. I felt like he was bad. Who am I thinking of then? That was a. I don't know. All right, that's a whole other. Show. Ron Artest, um, Metal World Peace. Keith gets confused. That could be. Maybe that that's what him. it was. I'm old. I get confused. <laughs> um, I love it for the Thunder. You get Marvin Bagley for for Trevor Ariza. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Right. But that's where it Absolutely. falls apart for me. Even if Bagley doesn't turn out, is who cares? It's the King side of it. The Kings, like why? Yeah. Yeah, that's the like you are you're yeah, beyond waving the white flag on Marvin Bagley if you take this deal if you're the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't clear any long term money for the Kings unless it's are we gonna resign Bagley? That's the only problem it clears. That's the only part of it I really don't yeah. like. It is the Kings part of it. So yeah. But yeah, that I thought that one was, was kind of fun because it, it it's a big trade, but again, it at least made you yeah. think. All four ways versus just rejecting it out of hand. 
All right, you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we've got our own trades. Right. You want to go first? Yeah, sure. We, we've yeah. got... Explain what we're doing here. We've got our own trades that we came up with. And the way we did this is we decided to switch teams, so to speak. So I came up with a trade for the Celtics. Keith came up with a trade for the Lakers. In fact, Keith even came up. He did a little extra credit. Came up with two trades for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, but it's only because one was so boring that I had to give you a slightly better one. I have... I kind of have to. There's a variation of it here. And actually, I tried to I tried I to stay right in your wheelhouse, Keith. So I stuck with a deal that has the Orlando Magic trading with the Celtics. And you can probably right. imagine where that's going already. Um, and, and I've been going back and forth on this in terms of, do I want this deal to include... Uh, do I want it to include Aaron Gordon? Uh is that a piece that uh, that the Celtics might be interested in? Or do I want it to include Vucevic? And ultimately, even though he's got more money left on his deal, I went Vucevic. I know the Celtics need uh, a big. Done. You're already saying Done, You're already saying accept it. Now, obviously, he fits into that trade exception. But Vucevic has been absolutely tremendous. I think he is actually underrated around the NBA. People don't understand just how good he is. Uh, his three-point shooting. Has... Did you see the stat from Kirk Bowlesbury today? He leads the league in uh, top of the arc three point wow. shooting. That's that, and that sounds about right yeah, from crazy. watching him play. It feels like he never misses yep. from up there. So he's a tremendous piece that you can add in. But obviously, you're going to have to use that trade exception. Now that's not enough, of course, for Orlando. You're probably tossing in the Celtics' own first round pick, and then you've got to include some of the young guys. Um, probably looking at Nesmith. You're probably looking at uh, some other pieces being thrown in. But the basics of it were. To take Orlando, say, look, we know that you're sliding down the rankings. We can bring in Vucevic, and we're going to give you some young pieces back. We're going to give you maybe even a couple of firsts back for him, and that's going to give the Celtics a nice push heading into the playoffs. That's going to give you a guy that can score the basketball. No, he's not necessarily the defender that you need, and it does displace Daniel Tice a little bit, which uh, I was a little bit torn about, but I think ultimately the talent upgrade is something that if you feel like this is a chance this season for the Celtics to go for it, this is the kind of move that you have to make. Yeah, I mean, I only partially jokingly said done immediately because I think Vooch would be perfect on mm-hmm. this team. I think they have proven that uh, Brad Stevens and his defensive systems, you can make an imperfect defensive big work. Uh, just by by doing some different stuff. I think they would do everything they could to keep Daniel Tice out of the deal because you still want him to be your flexible, uh, switchable big uh, there. So here's where it becomes a bit of a challenge for the yep. Celtics. Um, he While his salary fits in the trade exception amount, Boston's $19.6 million under the hard cap. So they'd have to send out $6.4 million in salary. The good news is that's not all that right. hard. So my assumption would be you'd probably be sending – Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, and maybe Robert Williams in that trade, along with yeah. picks. Done. I would do that in a heartbeat, not even question it. If they want somebody like uh, Aaron Neesmith, who's starting to maybe show some signs instead, great. If you could get him to take on Tristan Thompson instead um, and do Tristan Thompson and maybe throw an extra pick their way, um, and then one of the kids for Vooch, done. Um you know, as long as it's not Brown, Tatum, the key guys, they, to me, that's a no-brainer. I just don't know that it's enough for That's Orlando. the question. And here's why I say that. 
Yeah. Uh, Orlando does not want to launch into this full-scale rebuild. I think unless they're coming away with, holy crap, we nailed one of those uh, Drew Holiday-type packages here where it was you know, a bunch of picks and players and all this other stuff, and we can feel really good about it. Um, that that's not where they want to go because they know they're getting Isaac back next year and Fultz at some point. Those guys are already signed. So I think they look at it as Vooch is still a fit with those guys. He's aging perfectly fine. Uh, still a great rebounder as he's increased his range. He's you'll really become one of the better offensive bigs in the game. Um, so I think they, they are perfectly happy to keep him. So that's where I think you're going to have to really kind of knock their socks off. And I think that's where if you're Boston, I would do three picks, Tristan Thompson and a kid for him, because I think that does lift Mm -hmm. you into title contention if you're the Celtics. Um, I just don't know if that's where Orlando really wants to go. Uh, If it was, again, kind of like I said before, if you're Orlando, I want those picks in 2027, 2025 in uh, 2023 or a swap in between those or something. I want them later. I don't want them in the next couple of drafts because this team's going to be too good. I, I don't want picks that are 25. Well, and, and that's what I figured. I thought this might not be enough of a return for Orlando. And that's why I did another variation, which would swap out Vucevic in exchange for Aaron Gordon. And obviously a very, very different player. But I look at what made the Celtics successful last season when you had Gordon Hayward and you had all these guys that are very, very switchable defensively. And I could see that being a fit as well. He's also younger, uh, potentially to fit in better with the timeline of Brown and Tatum. And he only has one more year on his deal. Now, again, not as big of an impact player, right? He's not going to come in and suddenly say, oh, this is now a title team. I thought that would be the kind of the headliner one. But if that doesn't work, I could see something similar, obviously, with some different assets going out and everything for Aaron Gordon, and that being something that might interest the Celtics, a guy you can plug in at the four, incredibly athletic, and could really raise your defense, uh, or at least your defensive potential, to the next level. Yeah, and I think more realistic because he costs Mm -hmm. less. So, you know, his salary fits in the trade exception again, and you don't have the hard cap issues because he still is under the hard cap. But yeah, you could maybe there send something like a Grant Williams and a Romeo Langford in a pick, and that might be enough. To, to get Aaron Gordon, uh, especially with the health concerns right now, right? We know he's out for at least probably all the way up to the trade deadline or really close to it. Um, so that would be the question if you're yeah. Boston. Um, but yeah, I like that too. But here's my thing with the Celtics in this trade exception. It's got to deliver somebody who's under contract or you feel 100% confident you can resign at a reasonable number for the next few years because this is their last chance to add a big piece because next year they're going to be over the tax tatum's extension kicks in you've got walker on a max you got brown near a max and brown's stuff's going to go up because he's going to make an all-star team this year so he's going to trigger those bonuses so once you get there and then add in just all the rest of the guys that make you know between two and four million you're you got a team that's over the tax so all you're going to have is the taxpayer mid-level it's going to be really hard to add really good talent um, so this is their last really good chance to add a big piece. So it's got to be someone like Gordon, Vooch, Harrison Barnes. It, we didn't do one, but we had like six different Harrison Barnes trades to the Celtics. Right. You got to do something like that because it's got to be somebody who's under contract for at least a couple more years. Yeah, fair enough. And I, I think that um, that any of those moves yeah. could really help them. And like we were talking about before we came on yeah. here, if the Celtics don't make a move by the deadline, they don't use this trade exception. 
Oh, that it's going to be a scary scene in Boston. There's going to be some uh, some unhappy Celtics fans. Yeah, they're going to lose their minds. They're, they're absolutely going to lose their minds and go absolutely crazy. There is a case to be made. It may be better to wait into the offseason mm-hmm. because you could then go and uh, you know, look at um, – you could then go and get into uh, – bigger wider ranging things you could think about you could do sign and trades into the trade exception all sorts of stuff hard cap restriction is removed at that point but i think i think a lot of people looking at it is hey we're pretty close i know they're only 14 and 13 but but they're better than that we all know that um even if you're you know laughing at them right now even you know those people are in the heart of their hearts they know they're better than a 14 and 13 team so that becomes you know why not do something because when you've got Tatum and Brown are this good already, you don't want to start wasting years. You know, you, you can't play the let's wait till next year game uh, too many years because then that's, we all know how that goes. You piss them off and then they don't want to be there. And anymore. next thing you know, so, you've got trade demands. Um, yep. That's it. And then they want to go to the Lakers because that's how it always Speaking goes. of which, let's talk um, about how are you getting Bradley Beal to the Lakers, Keith? How's that happening? <laughs> it's, it's not. Uh, I wish I had thought of the Zach Levine thing because that was that was at least more interesting than what I'm going to give you. All right. Uh, so shout out to whoever that was. All right. So these are not super exciting, but I think these are guys who could help the Lakers. Um, so the first one I'm going to give you super boring, but I think the kind of move that is realistic and could help Quinn Cook in a second or two for Wayne Ellington. Okay. This gives you a former shoot. Laker coming back. Oh, you know, it is. Yeah, and he, yeah. he already lit it. Yeah. Nothing. They already lit up the Lakers exactly. this season uh, when the the Lakers played the Pistons the first time around. So yeah, I don't I don't think anybody would have a problem with uh, with something like that happening. That's um, pretty simple trade, and I think you know if there's any concerns right now about Contavious Caldwell Pope and whether or not he's going to get it going again, I think he will. But if there's any concerns there, um, yeah, Wayne Ellington is just fine as a veteran. You can plug in, and he's ready to go. That's that's exactly where I landed. Just fine. Um, (laughs) The other one, I think this one's a little more interesting because I think it it changes the Uh dynamics of the bench a little bit more than Ellington. Uh, Matthews and Cook Mm -hmm. for Alec Burks. Huh. From the Knicks. Okay. So you're giving up Wesley Matthews and Cook for Alec Burks. Give me a a little bit more of a shot creation there with with Burks. Uh, I don't. I don't hate that. I don't have Burke's contract in front of me as far as what he has left on his six million. Now that's year, it. Six million this year and six million. That's it. That's not bad. That's not bad. Now, now, so it's really Matthews for Burks, right? Right. Cook, Cook I threw in because that's how you make it work under right. the hard cap. So but, when I'm looking at that, you know, Burks he gives you a little bit more of a dynamic score. Um, Matthews has mm-hmm. been kind of the the perfect team guy. Uh, it's meant something for him to to be a Laker where his dad won, and so that's yeah. that's something that's important. And so you got to think locker room chemistry and the, how important that is with the Lakers. Is that something that they would really consider doing? But in terms of talent, like yeah, it's I think it's just fine. I think there's there'd be nothing uh, against that. I don't think that uh, there would be something to really hold that up. Like Burks, he's a good player, and um, I mean I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it. I don't think it's one where I'm going. Yes, that puts us over the top. <laughs> clear yeah. the space on the rafters number 18 coming home but i do think that it is um that it is just, it's a solid deal and i i think that it's something where if the lakers feel like they need another attacker coming in off the bench another guy who can go out there and create something then that's a that's a, a solid move 
Yeah, that's what that might. So my thought on it, when I look at what, what the Lakers have is other than Caruso, because Horton Tucker, as much as I think, right, we've talked yeah. about him a lot on this show. We both like him, but he's very inconsistent, right? He, he's going to play a good game and then he might go missing for a week. Sometimes he's not even really in the rotation. Mm-hmm. So it becomes Caruso is kind of now the new Rondo. Right where it's like you want to create things on the second unit. I think you'll see in the playoffs, they'll probably do more to split LeBron James and Dennis Schroeder up. Um, I think Schroeder will probably play more, second more. He'll probably still start, but I think he'll play more of that second unit role a little bit when uh, LeBron is off the floor. Yeah. But that's where I think Burks can help you with that, right? That's a guy you can throw the ball to and say, hey, go make something happen. Right. Um, and, he, and he can do that off the dribble because for all that. You know, I like Kuzma. I like Montrez Harrell. Those guys aren't scoring off the bounce, right? I mean, I know Harrell can face up on occasion and do that, but that's, you know, he's driving a big there. They're not, you know, creating out of pick and roll and those kind of things where Burks can do a little bit of that. So that that was kind of my thought. But I, I what you said, I discount a little bit the Matthews, the, the locker room part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I didn't put Jared Dudley in any of these trades because I know how much he means to right, them. Right, exactly. Uh, locker room-wise. You know, he's not going anywhere. And Quinn Cook, I mean, I know they love him and, you know, he loves being a Laker and all that. But, you know, I mean, and I could have done McKinney, right? I just, sure. I, I looked more at the guy who was already the expiring deal and, and that. But, yeah, so that, that was kind of where it was. And that's the reason why with the Lakers is, right, and I know you know this, it's just we both get buried in these all the time, especially for me as soon as a show posts. Um, but I know you get it constantly. You just don't have the ability to go make a home run no, trade. No, no, um, it's not. They, they don't have contracts yep. that are movable to make yep. something work, and, they, yep. and they're under the hard cap. So it's it's not like there's going to be a big, oh my gosh, the Lakers just landed that guy type type of move yep. that's that's coming down yep. the pipe. But if there is something, it'll be something smaller like what you presented here. Um, and like you said, if you decide that you need another person that can create off the dribble, Burks would be he'd be a good fit. That's a guy that would yep. that would work out for you. Um, when you look at the Lakers right now and you see they've added Dennis Schroeder, Taylor Horton Tucker can do it a little bit, but like you said, he's inconsistent. Maybe that is something they decide they need even more of. They have more of it than they did last year, but that still doesn't mean they have a lot of off the dribble attackers. I think too, you're probably, I don't know how much difference that would make in the playoffs, which is obviously the main thing for the Lakers. But I think you got to start doing something and take a little bit off LeBron for the rest of this regular season. Mm-hmm. I'm really stunned. I, I don't know. How, I'm sure you've gotten into it uh, some, but I, it just stuns me how hard he's pushing and how hard they're pushing at times where he was playing these these games where he's playing well up over 40 minutes. And they know he's LeBron, right? And this guy is, you know, I mean, we'll say he's a cyborg. He's incredible. And, you know, he doesn't tire and those kind of things. But I would think at some point it's like, good Lord, do I care about one more regular season win? You know, and now with Davis out, that only makes it a little bit harder. So anybody that could relieve a little bit of that. And I know it, I tend to hear more of how the Lakers get another big. Um, yeah. So if you wanted to switch it, do that deal for New Orleans Noel from from the Knicks. Sure. Now the Knicks, a little bit different, right, because Robinson's out. So Noel's playing a bigger role in starting for them. But that's where I think that that uh, proposed some white side trade, that kind of makes a little bit of sense yeah. uh, there where, you know, something like that. And, and that, the interesting thing is you could do something like this trade for Burks and then you could still do the white side trade. You know, you're using the uh, McKinney, McKinney contract, or then you know, do you 
put McKinney and somebody together to go get, uh, you know, Noel, if you wanted to or just make that trade a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't think we're getting any kind of blockbuster deal out of the Lakers. It would absolutely shock me no. if that's the way it went down this season. No, I agree. I don't think we are either. I think it's more about consistency for them. It's more about building chemistry with the guys they have now. And then maybe you fill in a few holes here or there. If there's something that falls in their laps, most likely, and we've been saying this all along, most likely they do their work on the buyout market rather than yeah. find a trade. Yep. Yeah, it also wouldn't shock me totally if Quinn Cook is waived before his deal becomes fully guaranteed mm-hmm. with the idea behind um, that just frees up a little bit more flexibility for them. Yeah. And then maybe they bring him back, uh, kind of like what happened in this offseason where he got waived and then brought back. Uh, just, just gives you that little touch more flexibility of when you could add somebody. Because right now, um, I know we did the math a while ago, but I think it's like another week to go. I think it's February 24th-ish yes. before they yeah, can add that, somebody for the rest of the season. That's when they and can. I don't think it's coming in the next week by any means. I think they're going to wait so you gets bought out. Because, yeah, because if Drummond gets bought out or if Griffin gets bought out, I would imagine they'll be they'll at least place a phone call. To, to those guys oh, absolutely. and say, hey, you know, well, what do you think? And, and that that's hard, right? It'd be hard to turn them down because, you know, you're you're even if you're not 100 percent sure you're winning the title, you're right in the mix. I mean, I think we'll all be pretty shocked if the Lakers are one of at least the final four teams, if not in the finals again. Yeah, absolutely. That's where they position themselves. And uh, and like you said, you know, when you've got a team that's at that spot. You're probably not going to be making some major moves to mix things up too much. But if you can land another piece to give you a little boost, kind of like they did last season with Markeith Morris, that's probably the path they're going to go. But uh, some good trades that we got that we got thrown at us. Um, some good ones here. Some, inter- some interesting ones. I thought I thought we were going to get a lot of really, really bad ones sent to us. And there were a few that too. were iffy. But for the most part, they were pretty good. The dogs are going nuts. Can you hear it? The dogs like the trades <laughs> too. <laughs> They're all fired up over them. <laughs> so that's a good good point to end the show. I think. Yeah, for sure. See what they're getting into. <laughs> all right. Well, let's. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap things up there then. So, uh, so Keith can go deal with those dogs, and uh, and we can finally uh, put these trades to rest. Uh, Keith, I, I think we went over a lot today, and uh, yeah, I think I'm definitely going to have to split this up into two episodes over on the Lakers Nation YouTube <laughs> channel. But uh, appreciate all of your insight, and uh, we're going to have to do this again next week. Absolutely, guys. We are getting down to it. We will have real trades break down yep. uh, pretty soon. I'm going to over under two weeks before we start seeing uh, real stuff happen. That's what I'll put on it. But thank you if you guys are enjoying the show. Five-star ratings and uh, ratings and reviews really help us. Uh, leaving a review helps quite a mm-hmm. bit. Um, we, we got a, a couple really nice ones in the last couple of weeks. Uh, try to remember to pull those up and read them on the next show because really do appreciate those from people. And then if you're not already there, go subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Um, that'll help you find the uh, front office show uh, videos on YouTube. When, when you see that, you'll be able to see my dog if you go back and watch <laughs> one of the old ones. I don't know if the puppy got in there or not while she was eating food off my desk but uh, you might get to see her and then uh, on the flip side uh or also in addition uh subscribe do the notification so you yep. know when when uh, they go live um trevor and i do that occasionally on the show uh but more often uh going live for them breaking down lakers uh news and games and the like so thank you guys for joining and we'll see you next time see ya